Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, this is Top Stories. I'm Andy Zaltzman telling you what was the top story on a Bugle podcast from history. Uh, history being any point since October 2007. Specifically today, January 2015. The year got off to a heavy start. A cartoon in a French magazine sparked a horrific terrorist attack. John Oliver and I tried to get our heads around the barbarism and the global reaction. Top story this week, it's 2015. Hopefully this year will contain some happier news than last year. It's not like it can get any worse. Hold on a second, what the f*** is happening in Paris? So, this is going to be a little tricky, as uh, the situation is fluid, uh, a very depressing fluid as well. Uh, But on Wednesday, there were horrifying scenes in Paris as a pair of gunmen, or gun douches, to describe them in the mildest possible way, killed 12 people at the offices of French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Killing a bunch of innocent people because you're offended by a joke is a bombastically boneheaded act of barbarism, Andy. To commit murder over a cartoon is almost cartoonishly stupid. (laughs) And perhaps we should first do a bit of background explaining uh, exactly what... Charlie Hebdo is, just in case you don't know or were unable to find out this week due to understandably throwing your TV out of the window in frustration when this story first started to break. Uh, The satirical magazine has actually been attacked before. They were firebombed back in 2011 in November after it published uh, a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad under the title Sharia Hebdo. So this is nothing new. They've also featured cartoons insulting Christians, Jews, politicians, and even the British, although I can't think what they could possibly find mockable about us. The point is, pissing people off and entertaining them has very much been in Charlie Hebdo's raison d'etre over the years, or whatever the French for raison d'etre is. (laughs) Uh, The magazine was born in 1970, fittingly from an arguably offensive but pretty good joke. There were two 
big news events around that time, a massive fire at a discotheque, which killed more than 100 people, and the death of former French President General Charles de Gaulle. A magazine called Harakiri uh, led its edition making fun of uh, de Gaulle's death and the hysterical reaction to it with the headline, Bal Tragique à Colombe une mort, which translates as Tragic Dancer Colombe, which was de Gaulle's home, one dead. Pretty good joke, Pretty especially for 1970, Andy, <laughs> where the bar of jokes was very low and <laughs> very racist. However, there was a scandal which led to Harakiri getting banned and the journalist employed there responded by setting up a new weekly paper, Charlie Hebdo. Flash forward to decades of cartoons, both entertaining and infuriating people, and that gets us to Wednesday with two maniacs and some guns. And what a shitty Wednesday it was. Yes, as is often the case, the actions of a nano-minority of hyper from a dark cranny of religious <laughs> filth were met with a globally extended middle finger of defiance as France and the rest of the world united in revulsion. Terrorists, John, it seems, even in 2015, still struggling with the public relations side of things, seem no closer to winning over the floating neutral. Uh, much of the uh, media, uh, particularly in Britain, I don't know if this was uh, the case in America as well, did come up with some slightly odd mixed reactions to it. They expressed their defiance of the terrorists by A, not reprinting the cartoons in question, and B, publishing instead video footage of the terrorists slaying a policeman and photographs of the bloodstained crime scene. I found these rather mixed messages from our media uh, being sent out, messages which included, you can't look at this, it's too disgusting, and, hey guys, look at this, it's really disgusting, and they seem to have <laughs> Got confused over which was supposed to be which. One exception to the prevailing tide of uh, global opinion was Anjem Chowdhury. Uh, and I don't know if he's uh, had a lot of airtime stateside. I noticed he had, a, he had an article on the USA Today website. Now, he is uh, one of Britain's gobbiest <laughs> quits uh, and um, a man who must make 99.9% .9 of Muslims unbelievably frustrated because he is bafflingly wheeled out on news programmes with alarming regularity. Um, now, I know even less about Islam than I do about Judaism, but I would imagine putting Anjem Chowdhury on telly to talk about it is the equivalent of having a golf commentator who spends the whole day saying, this player defies the laws of golf. Put the five iron down, infidel scum. You should be using a baguette and a dog's testicle. He would speak for, at best, a very small minority of golf fans. Uh, one of the biggest questions that people have tried to wrap their arms around uh, is why. Why would people do this? Why would they kill innocent people over a cartoon? To which the answer is, because they're assholes, And that's basically it. It's easy to overcomplicate a response to that question. And in doing so, people will then add their own beliefs or prejudices to the motivations. But if you really boil it down, the answer, they're arseholes, really gets to the nub of the question that you're trying to ask. Because it's a fair rule to say, if you kill someone for making a joke, you are an arsehole. No, no matter what that joke was, or whether you liked it, or whether that joke was even particularly good or not, you are committing the act of an arsehole for reasons entirely consistent with with arseholery. And that is not to say that you can't be offended by things. I'm sure many of the things that Charlie Hebdo published offended a lot of people. It's okay to be offended by things. In fact, it's absolutely inevitable you'll be offended by things in this world. It's impossible not to be. This is an offensive planet. Feelings get hurt. That's the inherent design flaw with feelings. They make you feel things. <laughs> what you can't do is kill people just because you're offended by something. That makes you a sociopath. That makes you Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. <laughs> and no one wants to be Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. <laughs>
<laughs> but or you have to also ask questions over the uh, quite the, the think the logic behind it. Charlie Hebdo was quite a, a well-known magazine, but had a circulation. Or, uh, I read of around thirty thousand um, in France, and a reputation for being not entirely complimentary towards the big celebs of global religion, you know, your gods, your Jesuses, your Allahs, your Mohammeds, your Moseses, you know the type. Um, one assumes that of these thirty thousand, fewer than thirty thousand were Muslims, and much fewer than thirty thousand were fundamentalist Muslims. Um, these things tend to be quite easy to avoid if you are sensitive about them. However. That avoidance has become significantly less easy now because they, uh, these terrorists have made Charlie Hebdo, at the moment, the most famous magazine in the universe. Uh, I don't know how many other potential second Earths you astronomers find. This uh, magazine is uh, planning now to raise its print run uh, from its standard 30,000 or 60,000, read a couple of different figures, to, for next week's issue, one million, making it by sheer weight of numbers... 3,300% uh, more offensive to the average fundamentalist Muslim. Um, in fact, what they have done, John, um, is taken a magazine with a roughly equivalent uh, circulation uh, as the American Ship Review. Uh, <laughs> 1859, for those who don't read it, that is a specialist magazine about the state of Oregon. And <laughs> Donya Yebazi, an Iranian bi-weekly Persian-language computer games magazine, uh, and with a significantly lower circulation than either the New Zealand Gardener or Britain's Simply Knitting, and I sincerely hope uh, Simply Knitting, as a gesture of solidarity, runs uh, with a crochet-your-own-profit story on the front cover next week. <laughs> um, Charlie Hebdo has only around five times higher circulation than the highly prestigious and influential Potato Processing International magazine, <laughs> with whom I once had a job interview. <laughs> and what these terrorists have done has turned... Wait, wait, whoa, 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 Andy, Andy you, we're, we're going to have to take a diversion okay. there. Does that mean you had an interview with the Potato magazine and were not good enough to get the job? <laughs> well, uh... No, I'm glad you didn't think I had an interview to try and publicise my tour. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, this was uh, back in the happy days when I was uh, looking for gainful employment post-university. Yeah. And um, went for and you didn't get the job, I, I did not. I don't think I conveyed the requisite level of enthusiasm for sub-editing articles about <laughs> the international potato processing industry. Albeit, that's... They're lost, Pota Andy. Potato Processing International. Lost. It is the global leader in the potato processing industry globally in terms of magazines. I mean, it's right All right, pump the brakes, Andy. You're not right in the interview there. now. Right <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and you know, I wouldn't have just been Potato Processing Internationals. And I've also been working for Asia Pacific Baker as well. So let's not, let's not forget <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, for a grand salary of, I believe it was £10,000 working in uh, an industrial estate in Kemsing near Seven Oaks in Kent. <laughs> happy, happy days. Now, uh, <laughs> I've never been more delighted to receive a rejection letter. So what they've managed to do, John, to return to the point, uh, is turn a magazine with a circulation of generally you know, thirty to 60,000 into the single highest profile magazine issue in the history of humanity. That's is counterproductivity uh, of the highest order. It's also a problem for the attackers in, in general on a practical scale, this level of irritation at something so small. Because if you are that angered 
by a cartoon, you must be angry literally all the time. Because you don't get to be murderously angry over a cartoon and then not be murderously angry over, let's say, your takeaway pizza being cold. If, if you're going to set the bar for killing that low, you have to accept the <laughs> irritation of everything that is above that bar. If you're a terrorist who is willing to kill someone for a joke, then when a train is cancelled and someone starts screaming in frustration, you do not get to say, oh, come on, mate, calm down, it's just a train, let's try and get this in perspective, shall we? <laughs> No, you have to be intellectually consistent and you have to kill every train driver who has ever been late to anything. That is just a fact. There, there is concern now in France about how some people may respond to this because, to put it mildly, racism is very much a club that some French politicians have in their bag or in their satchel, as they would put it. <laughs> uh, the Le Pen family have a long poisonous history of inciting race hatred. Uh, and if, and uh, as if to get ahead of that, there were some interesting campaigns to uh, try and raise people's belief in humanity in the aftermath of this horrible event. The Je suis Charlie campaign was instantly popular, as was an extension, the Je suis Ahmed movement, referencing the fact that one of the 12 people killed was 42-year-old Muslim policeman Ahmed Marabet, shot outside the Charlie Hebdo offices. Other responses, of course, were a little less measured. Uh, here in America, ex-NSA director Michael Hayden was asked broadly on TV how humanity might best be able to avoid future tragedies like this, a general question to which he answered, well, I was talking to you guys about 12 months ago about those massive amounts of metadata that NSA held in storage. That metadata doesn't look all that scary this morning, and I wouldn't be surprised if the French services pick up cell phones associated with the attack and ask the Americans, where have you seen these phones active globally? Oh, f*** you, to a tremendous extent. This is not about you, you little fucker. <laughs> Thank you, there are more classic clips from The Bugle tomorrow. Now go to listen to the latest show in your pod feed right now or via thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>